0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm
1: Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? It's great, Keith. How about yourself? Uh, You
0: know, it's a proper holiday. Uh, We need to celebrate. Enlighten me. Because Madonna's Finally Enough Love 50 Number Ones album oh, came out last Friday. It
1: did. And it feels like a love letter to Billboard when you get down to it because I mean, it's her number ones. It's
0: literally in the <laughs> press release. It's it, this, this album exists to celebrate her 50 number ones on Billboard's Dance Club Songs Chart. The first and only artist uh, thus far with 50 number ones on any single chart.
1: Just a long, healthy relationship with Queen Mother Madonna. Our love affair continues. Indeed. Uh, the queen of pop is indeed
0: royalty on Billboard's charts. <laughs> I mean, maybe at the end of the show we might talk about this a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let's not get crazy, Keith. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop. On billboards weekly charts in addition you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news fun chart stats and stories new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop today on the show we've got chart news on how Nicki minaj's super freaky girl makes a splashy debut on the billboard hot 100 songs chart and How Rod Wave and Megan Thee Stallion both see their latest albums bow in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 chart.
1: Plus, Blackpink released their new single Pink Venom from the act's upcoming album Born Pink, which is due out on September 16th. So, how might the single and album fare on our charts in the coming weeks? Could there be a first top 10 hit on the Hot 100 in the cards for the group? And might their new album become their first number one on the Billboard 200? And when was the last time a girl group had a top 10 on the Hot 100 and a number one on the Billboard 200 anyways? Wow, I mean, you know how much Keith and I love girl groups, so this is the perfect show. We're going to break it all down today. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode and if you want to explore more podcasts from billboard visit billboard.com slash podcasts okay let's do the chart chat first up
0: on the billboard hot 100 chart Nicki minaj's super freaky girl debuts straight in at number one marking her third chart topper and her first unaccompanied by any other artist she previously topped the list alongside 6 9 with Trolls and as a featured artist on Doja Cat's Say So, both in 2020. Super Freaky Girl is Minaj's 21st top 10 hit and second of 2022, following Do We Have a Problem, which debuted and peaked at number two earlier this year. Okay, Katie. Are you surprised at how well this song did out of the gate, even without an official music video helping it in its first week? Sure, but
1: um, I'm not surprised. She really pushed this one, gave a lot of lead up, a lot of lead time. We've known about this song for three weeks, I think, which is a... Absolute lifetime su- su- of a heads up. Super teasy girl. Super, yes. Very, like she was putting this on the Barb's calendars. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, she thought it was special and wanted to give it the like hype that it is deserved. So I'm not surprised. And also you love the track. Well, I loved the song. Clearly and I think, a lot of other people did too. I think for the longest time, Nicki Minaj was kind of the poster child for the person you expected to have a uh, number one in the Hot 100, but didn't. And then obviously she uh, you know, crossed that off her list with Doja Cat in 2020 and then okay. followed that with Trolls with 6ix9ine. But uh, there's something special about her first solo number one, because I think if you ask the average casual music fan, hey, name Nicki Minaj's two number one hits previous to this. They would say, oh, Super Bass and Anaconda. Super Bass, Anaconda. They're going to throw a million things at you that are not... Say So, and and Trolls. No. So I, mean, it, I, I mean, think this is just, this is a moment, a moment for life yeah. for Nikki. Um, that's another one they might have mentioned as a possible number one um, featuring Drake. But um, I think that this was a long time coming. And and
0: no shade to Say So and Trolls, but those two tracks had unique um, things kind of powering them. Say So was an established hit before Nicki jumped on to help propel the track to number one. And Trolls with 6 9 you know, as a collaboration it wasn't fully just her own song. Correct. So
1: this because it's just her own track with no help from anyone else. And it's classic Nicki, just tongue in cheek, raunchy. Even the Roman remix throws back to like the, her early mixtape days. It's just I, I love that this is a number one for her.
0: Um, Alright, well Next, over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, rapper Rod Wave collects his second number one as his new release, Beautiful Mind, starts atop the tally. He previously led the list in 2021 with his last album, Soulfly. Also in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, Megan Thee Stallion clocks her fifth top 10, and they were all consecutive, as her new release, Traumazine, arrives in the top 10.
1: And unlike Nikki, who gave weeks upon weeks of heads <laughs> up with uh, Super Freaky Girl, Megan gave a- one day's notice on this one. One day. Like, you
0: know, which is sort of <laughs> typical for yeah, some hip hop artists. I guess one days.
1: day itself is is le- is like luxurious. I mean. <laughs> some people just drop it out of thin air. I, I will
0: say from all the conversations that I have and that maybe you've had too, Katie, it's... Kind of actually not incredibly unstandard.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Non standard? It's pretty common. It's pretty common. It's (laughs) It's pretty
0: common for for some uh, hip hop stars and rappers to not even perhaps deliver their album to the record label until literally the very last minute. Yeah. Like as in like a day or two before it hits streaming services so that it truly is the freshest possible content, what that artist maybe wants to say right then and there, and also so that it doesn't leak anywhere.
1: And we've talked a lot about vinyl and physical releases on this podcast. Um, You know, you don't need to be on a schedule. You don't need to have the vinyl come out that Not with week. the way hip-hop
0: is on streaming, no. Right,
1: and then there's examples like Tyler the Creator where then he gets a little, like, love from the Grammys and then he puts out the vinyl nine months later or whatever. So, and like, yeah. there's options yeah. of, like, a release later on. Um, so, yeah, why not? Why not just, you know, say, this album feels done. Go.
0: <laughs> I mean, ima- imagine if you could do that back in, like, the ye olden times oh. in the 80s or something. I
1: mean, this oh, I actually went to my, you know, one of my faves, John Mayer, I went to like a little small concert of his one time where he was like, oh, I wrote this song last night, so now I'm going to sing it to you. Wow. Performed a song, which ended up being... um, um, That big hit. No, I mean, it was it was like a song that you would know if you're a John Mayer fan. I guess I just feel like. I can't remember if it's I feel like or I guess I just feel like. Okay. We're going to go ahead and look that up real quick since I'm sorry am making you edit things, but... It's all right. John Mayer... It is, I guess I just feel like, huh? Okay. He performed, I guess I just feel like, and he claims he wrote it the day prior, and he talked ahead of it about how you used to, like, have to, There's used to have to be so much strategy involved in, like, how a song was rolled out, but right. then when he felt a lot of freedom, the way he released New Light, mm. which came out two years prior to his last album came out, right. like, when it... He just dropped it because it was ready, and he just put it out. And so he's an artist who came up in the traditional release, you know, yeah. era, you know, the year
0: two thousand, moving know, forward. You know, physical, where physical still ruled the land.
1: Correct, and had he had a you know a, a record deal with Columbia, they had an expectation of how things were going to be put out, et cetera. And now he's getting to just do whatever he wants. And I feel like there's a you know artistic freedom for somebody who is a musician right. to just do that whenever they want, you know.
0: And you know, uh, every night on that tour, he said that same story uh-huh. about how he wrote it the Listen. night before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he actually, and then he put it out like a few weeks later on streaming. It was like a, it was just a couple of weeks after we heard him play it the first time. Rania was with me from mm. Billboard and, um, there was it was only slightly different, but it was pretty much the same. And it was like, That's so cool. I think we really got to hear this song, like, right yeah. as it rolled out of his brain. Don't don't forget that time you and John wrote a song together on the well, podcast. That happened too. Please revisit John Mayer's interview on this yes. podcast. My absolute favorite interview of my own of all time. Yes. Wow. All right. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, moving on. See, we talked about Keith shoehorning in Madonna. Sometimes I find a way to insert John Mayer, Justin Timberlake, et cetera, into the podcast. Oh, look, Justin
0: Timberlake slipped in here again.
1: (laughs) Oh, there. I just mentioned him right now. (laughs) He does have a a top 10 hit on our Hot Dance Electronic Songs chart with Calvin Harris. Yes, Calvin Harris, (laughs) Halsey, and Pharrell, right? Correct. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. No. Last Friday, Blackpink dropped their new single, Pink Venom, from the forthcoming album Born Pink. The track definitely leans into rhythmic vibes. and has a very sharp edge to it. So let's take a quick listen. Okay, so Blackpink. No stranger to the Hot 100, right? Yeah. They've charted seven previous entries, including collaborations with Dua Lipa, Lady Gaga, and Selena Gomez. Obviously, some great pop company. In fact, uh, all three of them are uh, friends of the podcast. The fact that we can say that is insane. It is ridiculous. Um <laughs> We're really doing a lot of self-reflection today. (laughs) But so far, Blackpink's highest charting song is Ice Cream with Selena Gomez, which topped out at number 13. And in fact, it's their only song to spend more than a month on the chart, spending eight weeks on the list. So, having said all that, could Pink Venom become their biggest Hot 100 hit? Hmm. Might radio stations embrace it? Will it find itself on high-profile playlists in the days and weeks to come? And could it become Blackpink's first top 10 on the Hot 100? What a way to tee that up. Woof. Keith,
0: a lot of questions. Uh, you, you couldn't have phrased it more eloquently, <laughs> Katie.
1: You know, I think... You're uniquely qualified to answer these all these questions and more, Keith.
0: Yeah, well... I think it's really going to depend on how the song is received by you know the the powers that be that program the playlists yes. at Spotify and Apple and elsewhere and radio programmers. We already know the song obviously is probably going to do gangbusters with the core fan base with streams and oh, like with the YouTube, music video where Blackpink yes. are the
1: most followed musicians. Yes, um, but
0: the track is not a conventional pop dance moment in. The way, say, like, uh, like BTS leaned into dance pop disco with "Butter" and "Permission to Dance," dynamite, which, more so. Yes, sorry, thank you. Okay, um, which that helped them gain lots of radio airplay and playlisting, and you know, got them a bunch of number ones on the Hot 100. This, the Blackpink track has kind of a harder rhythmic, more of a hip hop vibe,
1: which has been their which is Blackpink's thing. thing. Yeah,
0: half of them are rappers. But yes. you know, it, it they could they could have gone a more like poppy, dancey, hip hop route. And this
1: dynamite and butter could have been a Jonas Brothers song. It could have been there's like it it was BTS obviously put their special BTS sauce on it. But it's songs you could have heard on the radio prior. And
0: and this and and the new Blackpink single is still Korean. There are English lyrics in it. So they aren't changing anything to try to conform to what may work for American audiences, which is admirable.
1: Because it's obviously already working pretty
0: well for them, right? um, Also, you know, it's interesting, you know, with BTS's success in recent years with, you know, numerous number ones on the Hot 100, you would think that some of that, some of like the halo effect from BTS being so big and kind of um, bringing a lot of new fans to sort of the K-pop fold, um, that might have extended to Blackpink and other K-pop acts. Actually, The only two K-pop acts with top 10s on the Hot 100 have been BTS and Psy. Mm -hmm. And Psy got his two top 10s with Gangnam Style and Gentleman in 2012 and 2013, years before BTS got their first top 10 in 2019. And if my research is correct, the the, the highest charting K-pop act – On the Hot 100, that is not Psy or BTS, is Blackpink Mm. with Ice Cream. The number 13. With the number 13 hit. So, you know, it'll be super interesting to see what happens with this track and where it goes.
1: Yeah, and all that said, it does feel like um, Blackpink has built up like a very, I mean, obviously a very large fan base (laughs) over the years. And they've definitely introduced themselves to American music fans through these collaborations with high profile you know global superstars as noted earlier with gaga, selena and um, Dua Lipa. So could this be their big, you know, solo black pink moment? Could this be the time when they get their first Hot 100 top 10? I mean, I
0: as as I noted a second ago, it would be not only the first time a K-pop girl group has reached the top 10 on the Hot 100, but it would also mark a rare top 10 by an all-female group, period.
1: Oh, okay. I'm gonna need... I'm feeling a chart history lesson coming on, Keith. Okay,
0: so... (laughs) The last top 10 from a girl group on the Hot 100 actually came this past winter when the Ronettes' oldie sleigh ride... Mm, Okay, a bit of a technicality, (laughs) Keith. I'll I'll get there. Hit the top 10 for the first time, uh, climbing uh, into the top 10 over, like, I think it was the Christmas, New Year period. Mm -hmm. Um, However, that song came out in 1963. Right. So... What was the last new song by a girl group to hit the top 10? I have a guess. Well, it's also literally on the script, but <laughs> what's your guess?
1: I actually am not guessing a specific song. I'm just guessing Fifth Harmony.
0: Well, it was Fifth Harmony Okay. with Work From Home, mm. which peaked at number four in 2016.
1: Bef- even before the pandemic and WFH and becoming uh, the standard. But get this.
0: Work from home was the first top 10 by a female group since 2008. When the Pussycat Dolls, When I Grow Up, hit number nine in July of that year.
1: Wow. I would have guessed um, Worth It. Let me go ahead and just Google what Worth It peaked at, if, unless you have that in front of you. I don't. Fifth Harmony. One moment. Pause for search. So Worth It was number 12. This is why I had that mis you know misconception. Close, close, but, but not cigar. Quite. Okay, so that means in the last fourteen years that only three girl groups have been in the top ten on the Billboard Hot 100: the Pussycat Dolls, Fifth Harmony, and then of course the Runaways from this previous Christmas. Indeed, it's very, it's weird. It is weird, and I think that again, kind of like I think that people would guess there are you know other girl groups involved. So can we get really crazy now and ask could Blackpink's album Born Pink debut at number 1 on the Billboard 200 in September which is a real possibility because after all their last album debuted and peaked at number 2. Right uh, Keith?
0: Uh, yes, okay. all those statistics are correct <laughs> and it, and I think it's a fair it's a fair guess. To say they have at least a shot at number one, yes. especially based on how well K-pop has been doing on the Billboard 200 this year. Where at this point, like Stray or, Kids, like Stray Kids hit number one with "Ordinary." We've had top tens from
1: Seventeen and ITZY and Espa. And, and a lot of number ones on our top album sales charts And, and because from K-pop all, because all
0: these K-pop acts are leaning into. The collectible CD packages. like
1: there are a lot of physical products <laughs> you can get. There's a lot of physical products for, like, <laughs> for
0: the K-pop fan to purchase, and we, we write about this, so I would assume that Blackpink will be doing the same thing. So, okay, so you know. if
1: they are number one, when was the last time that a girl group was number one on the Billboard 200? It was in 2008,
0: my God, when Danny D. Kane's Welcome to the Dollhouse, their second album debuted at number 1 on the Billboard 200. Um it was actually Danny D. Kane's second number 1 after their self-titled debut in 2006.
1: Wow, I think that would surprise a lot of people and we haven't even brought up Danny D. Kane once in this episode yet. So here we are. Mm. <laughs> so
0: it's just So yeah, it's it's crazy um considering how popular so many girl groups have been uh-huh. and how popular like so many boy bands were. Um, it's just weird that like the girl groups didn't get the same sort of love, you know, at the top of the charts.
1: I feel like Blackpink can single-handedly bring justice to the Billboard charts for <laughs> girl could groups.
0: See, you can see Katie's wild eyes right <laughs> I'm now,
1: staring like I'm staring at the wall, like uh, very yeah. No, I think that I think that there is a real shot for them to create some new chart history with this with this song and this album for yeah. girl groups.
0: All right, well now it's time. For the chart stat of the week, let's talk about girl groups. Hey. And let's quiz Katie.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, I feel like um, RuPaul in the famous podcast, Pop Shot podcast <laughs> episode, where Keith quizzed uh, quizzed Ru on the individual members of famous girl groups, right?
0: Yeah, I, belie- I believe the quiz was I gave Ru the first names of members of girl groups, and then Ru had to guess which ones they were. Category is... <laughs> Girl groups. Not. I'm not going to ask you those things. I'm going to ask you chart-related things. Okay. Okay. And they're. I mean, they're all pretty easy. But maybe. Maybe people. Oh, you say that. Although you were surprising me with stats all throughout the last section. So here we are. All right. So what girl group, meaning an act with at least three members that are all women, and it can be like a band that plays instruments or just a singing group, which girl group has the most top ten hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? First guess. The Supremes.
1: You are correct. Yes. Can
0: you, you, do you want to know
1: how many? I would love to know how many. Well, you have to guess. Oh, you want me to guess first? Yeah. <laughs> Six. Top tens. Try again. More, I take it. Yes. 12. Top tens. More. 20. Top tens. 20. Holy shit, really? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> we can swear on our show, right? 20. Top tens for the Supremes. Wow. Um, well, uh, okay, let's keep this going. <laughs> what was uh, what girl group has the most number ones on the Billboard Hot 100?
1: Hmm. Is this a trick question? Is it the Supremes? I don't
0: know what's, what trick means.
1: Is it the Supremes?
0: It's the Supremes. With Eight. how many?
1: Okay, well, 20 top tens. Five number ones? <sighs> 10 thought, number ones? I thought you would know this off the top of your I head. Are you don't. just faking me out here? I really don't. casting. 12? Twelve? 12. What?
0: 12 number ones. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and 10 of them were written by the uh, late uh, Lamont Dozier,
1: who oh, just passed yeah. away. See, I was just reading well, co-written, a lot co-written. about you know Supreme Star history because of Lamont Dozier. Okay, so
0: what was the first number one on the Hot 100 by a girl group? Oh, Yeah. So like, so the Hot 100 started in August of 1958. What was the first number one by an all female group? And I'll give you a hint. It was in the very early 1960s. That doesn't help.
1: Was that, wasn't was there like a sister group? Was it a sister group? They might be. I uh, don't you know. know. It's, it's clearly not the Supremes.
0: Um, I'm going to tell you that it was a song written, I believe, by Carol King or co-written by Carol King. Oh, okay. She used to do a lot of like doo group stuff. Yeah. I still don't know. All right. It's the Shirelles with Will Shirelles, You Love Me Tomorrow. Shirelles. Uh, it spent two weeks at number one on the charts dated January 30th and February 6th, 1961. I was on a roll with the
1: Supremes for a second there. Well, you know.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's uh, finish off strong here. Okay, okay. Which girl group member of the following two has had the most number ones on the Billboard Hot 100 outside of their group mm. on the Hot 100? Diana Ross, of course, formerly of the Supremes, or Beyonce? Of Destiny's Child. Which of those two, Beyonce or Dinah Ross, has had the most solo number ones on the Hot 100?
1: Well, I'm pretty sure that Beyonce has had four. No. From our recent reporting. Oh, no. that's not right? No. From her solo stuff? No. Not four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like where you're so confident. From our recent reporting, well, I'm like, I mean, girl, you haven't read any of it. Well,
1: clearly I've not read it uh, well. Um, more than four, huh?
0: Yeah, don't we just tell you?
1: Well, I, I want to know. Well, let's see. <sighs> I mean, it's really, it's just
0: you pick one of these two people.
1: I know. I'm going to say Diana Ross. That is wrong. That's wrong. It's Beyonce. So how many does she have? Which one? Number, how many number ones does Beyonce have? Eight. What? I can only name four. Because well, we, well, she only had two. That doesn't say she much only about had, your knowledge. I, I know. She only had, oh, oh, that's the problem. I know what my problem is. My problem is that I was thinking about going, like, how we've been reporting so far that, like, Single Ladies was her last number one before Break My Soul, solely Beyonce solo, because you know what I mean? I was like looking back at that, but there's clearly ones before that, okay, obviously so
0: four of them. Let's just tell you what they are. Please. Crazy in Love, which is Beyonce featuring Jay Z. Baby Boy, Beyonce featuring Sean Paul, Check on It, Beyonce featuring Slim Thug. And Bun B. We only credited Slim Thug. Oh, okay. Maybe Bun B was on another remix or something. Probably. Uh, Irreplaceable, which is just Beyonce.
1: Okay, I can name the next four because of our recent reporting. Single Ladies Put a Ring on It.
0: Yep, just Beyonce.
1: Perfect Remix with Ed Sheeran. Yep. Savage Remix with Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, I think it was featuring Beyonce. of course, Break My Soul. There you go. All right, now how many number ones does Dinah Ross have? Well, fewer than eight. That is correct.
0: Six. Six. You hey, are right. Can, okay. you, can you name her six number ones? No,
1: absolutely, I cannot. Can you name any of them? Um, I'm coming out. Nope. I want the world I'm <laughs> gonna keep singing. Um, okay. Uh, love hangover. That's one of them. Hey. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna
0: stop now. You just oh, tell me the just, rest, please. I don't want to guess. Ain't no mountain high enough. Oh, great. Touch me in the morning.
1: <laughs> That's a great song. <laughs>
0: God damn it. Uh, love theme from Mahogany. Do you know where you're going to? Mm-hmm. okay you already said love hangover Uh, uh uh-huh upside down oh great you know upside down of course i do okay well i'm not upside down okay sing touch me in the morning i can't okay endless love with lionel richie duh
1: that's a duh okay that one I should have
0: All of those are Stone sang. Cold, legit smash yes. singles. They're just slightly before Katie's time.
1: Ain't No Mountain High Enough there was a famous version before her or after her, right? Like, wasn't it like Marvin Gaye yeah. and Tammy Terrell or something? Or? Yeah,
0: Diana's was a cover. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's, I, I don't associate that song with her, yeah. I have to say. Well, she got to number one. Clearly. For three weeks. All oh, right. Man. Well, um Ugh, Nothing lays my... Ignorance bear more than a quiz, Katie. Well,
0: there you have it. A little girl group trivia for you and for Katie. Yes. For the chart set of the week. All right. We've reached the end of our uh, kind of girl group leaning Mm -hmm. show because... We love talking about the girl groups. Look
1: back in our archives. There are a few girl group leaning shows, but this is the first one we drilled down on the charts with with girl groups. Eh, probably not, but <laughs> um, first time we've of recent recent charts, sure, maybe. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: well, I, I I teased it at the top of the show. Uh, Madonna's new album. Finally, Enough Love, 50 Number Ones. It's a curated compilation from Madonna of her favorite remixes across her 50 Number Ones on Billboard's Dance Club Songs chart. And I was going to suggest that we go out on one of the remixes from the album. I think that's a great idea. I'm going to say that we can go out on, I don't know, let's just go out on Into the Groove, the You oh. Can Dance edit. Yes, please. Okay, we'll do that. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>